Sustainable sobriety is here. You can create predictable and consistent results in your alcohol-free journey without abstaining from alcohol the entire time. I always say that taking your last sip of alcohol isn't necessarily always the first step for success. You want to eliminate your desire for alcohol, not just simply not drink. Keep the needle moving forward in your journey, in your transformation, no matter if you do drink or you don't drink. The trap of stopping and starting in moderation is really what always keeps you stuck, but you can embrace an opportunity to move forward without the burden of counting days, and it is all available to you in the Sustainable Sobriety course on my website. Follow the link. I will see you there and I will walk you through step by step. This is the most affordable and efficient way to get from where you are to where you want to go, where the desire to drink truly is a thing of the past. I will see you there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. I'm so thrilled that you're here. If you're new, welcome in to our sacred circle of exploration. Today's episode is a really, really important one, and I've alluded to it a lot in my content. But it like it is something that over the last couple of weeks, I had a huge breakthrough, not only with um, you know, kind of my thesis for this work, but me personally under the you know, under the, the idea of sacred rebellion and why this is so, so, so important in our conversation and in your journey away from alcohol. And we're going to bring it full circle to, to how to use this concept in real time right now. If you're listening to this December 28th, 2022, um, into, creating a ritual you will remember for the new year. Before we get on with that, I really wanted to just make sure you knew about a new offering that I've added for you um, and for the new year. And it's available right now. And so you can get in there. Um, So in addition to the complimentary consultations, which I have for you to to see if my extended one-on-one Awakening Beyond Alcohol program is the right fit for where you are. So I really help you in those consultations articulate the problem, right? What you see is the problem. I help you articulate that and see where you're stuck and help you really um, see that all of your past attempts have no bearing on what's possible for the future when we utilize the tools of the five shifts process, right? So, so many people, um, 
come to those consultations without having like their biggest thing is the belief in themselves that why will this time be different? So we talk about how the five shifts is different and how the the perspective that you have about why you're stuck um, is is not supporting your getting unstuck, right? And then together we really look at making, you know, I talk to you about the program and and show you and together we there's a consent for making a decision about moving forward, but you know that you want your success is inevitable and you're ready to really anchor that commitment into being an active participant because your um your dedication to learning a new way and learning and applying these tools with accountability, with a safe space that you can trust, and then evaluating your results and having that ongoing support is really like the only way that we learn anything in life is by continuously reapplying it um, and being willing to to fall and get up. Uh, Matthew told me this quote yesterday, it was something like he had listened to, it was congratulations on failing. Most people never try, you know? So it's, it's redefining what it means to, to fail and that you're not, when you, when you signed up for an extended participation, you're not stopping and starting over because we don't count days, right? We really, um, we look at circumstances and you generate evidence based on the circumstance, in your thoughts about it, right? So you're you're already you're gaining momentum, not just a number of a day. And I was inspired to do this new offering, which is a one-time one-on-one holistic alcohol coaching call with me, which is what you would get on a weekly basis inside of the program. Um, and this is there is a special that I'm running for January for 2023 for $23, where you can come and see what the amazing impact of the five shifts process in real time. So this is the quickest shift in the shortest amount of time. It's quantum, right? Like you are going to get in. We've already created a consent for coaching. We're going to look at your mind. I'm going to guide you through the resistance that you feel in your body when it comes time to drink and really see where your mind takes you in that resistance. So we can create a new conversation and have you getting over a hump where you are, where you're feeling that and, and really anchoring it into your body, having the experience of holistic alcohol coaching with me. I mean, no one else does this work besides me because it's just me. So I just wanted you to know that's there. And both of these offerings are available in the link inside of the show notes. But it's this also this container to explore, to be seen, to be heard, to be vulnerable without judgment. And then in a way that you have a new you have that new perspective to take with you to start applying. So you've actually experienced it because when the, the downfall of dry January is really the same downfall as, you know, the self-help world where it's like you take in all this information, but there's no transformation, right? So if you start dry January with just the intention of taking a break and getting through 30 days, and then you celebrate the end of it with a drink, which is going to reinforce the need and necessity and importance of alcohol, dry January is going to actually make, can really, um, can be the opposite of what you're going for. It can actually reinforce and strengthen the habit of alcohol if you don't set your intention to change your mind. But this is why I'm giving you this opportunity right now to get coached, to change your mind so that you can use dry January as an opportunity to set forth with the intention, I'm ready to be happier without alcohol.
Like, this is it. I'm ready to be happier without alcohol. And I'm going to find all of the reasons why that's true and how that's true. And then you're going to implement what we're going to talk about today in this concept of sacred rebellion. So sacred rebellion is an idea of expressing really the wild woman archetype that has so many women stuck in now what, in that question of like, now what, you know, that, that party girl, the bad girl, the, the one, the part of you that wants to let loose and sacred is something that you regard with high, the highest respect and rebellion is against what someone or something has deemed appropriate for you. So you're regarding in high, the highest respect, what you deem appropriate for yourself. That's what sacred rebellion is. My desires the way that I make decisions for myself, what I deem appropriate for me, my definition of that is I'm respecting of the highest regard. And unintentionally, we get to this place where we have a box around what we deem appropriate, right? And that's why the wild woman is alive inside of you. But the only lens that you've been able to express that through is through alcohol, right? It is a a safe, and I mean, safe socially and acceptable way for you to check out, right? But then you're completely checking out of reality. So there's that consequence of, I'm going to check out of my responsibilities and the day-to-day life so that I can go be an independent woman. But then the, 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 the downside to that is that you're checking out of what your real desire is. Cause that desire, that longing, that yearning to be that we're going to talk about the wild woman archetype to be that, like, why is that inside of you, right? Your desire for, for like breaking out and being free and letting loose is pointing you to something inside of you that wants to be expressed. But until this, until now, you didn't even know that there was another option for that. But I'm telling you that there is, and that this, this energy that lives inside of you, if you've ever explored archetypal energy, right? We hear about the maiden, the mother, the wise woman, the lover, and then the wild woman or the huntress. There's the enchantress there. These are living inside of you so deeply. And, you know, this is what makes my work and the work of awakening beyond alcohol, beyond the illusion of all of these boxes that you've set up for yourself, because you get to this point of, I've checked all these things off the list. I have my family. I have my partner. I have my home. I have my children. I have my career. I have other interests and hobbies. Even alcohol is the one thing that I can't get out of the way. Why? Well, because I have no way ex- to express myself as a erotic, natural, independent woman, free of all of those things that I just listed. Right. But you've created this box and there's so much satisfaction in there. And so many of those things satisfy those other archetypal desires of the maiden, the mother, the lover. Right. And then, but you get to this place and that, that part inside of you that's ready to be expressed as a fully free being unto herself has no outlet except for alcohol. So when you drink, you can check out when you're drink, you, you shut off the, the brain that has all of those to-do lists, right? Like you're out with your happy hour with your colleagues and your kids are at home or you're out with a, a night with your partner, right? And so, and so alcohol is giving you that out, 
that you have the opportunity to give to yourself, but you have put unintentionally, there's all of these boxes and rules and restrictions that that the, the process of the five shifts and coaching helps you also see aren't real. They are boxes created by an illusion, you know, of kind of something that we've all bought into. Um, and, and, and like I've said this so many times on the show, when we talk about they and culture and whatever, it's like, none of that matters. Like your brain create, like was influenced by your parents, by the church, by society, by cap- consumerism, by capitalism, by colonialism, right? But you know that now. And so, but like, those are still just constructs. And yes, if you do something different, this act of sacred rebellion, you are going to be going kind of against the mainstream, but it's still just an idea. And when you do it, you will realize there's no real consequence to it. The consequence is freedom. The consequence is breaking free of the shackles of the constructs of the mind of what someone else has tried to sell you, right? Because when we have the sacred, when we think we're being rebellious through alcohol, you're still drinking what they're selling you. There's no active rebellion. You're falling right into the mainstream of the norm of this is the only way that I get to be free, right? You still have the shackles of consumerism and capitalism on through the act of drinking. And like, just knowing that is all you need to know. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like people are really good at marketing and we could go all the way back to, you know, the, the, (laughs) like inventing the calendar. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, and I talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago about celebrating the solstice and how we don't we don't really realize that we've already been given the gift of ritual innately created in our wild womanness, right? So the wild woman also connects to the cycles and the rhythms of the pulse of nature. And that is when you do that, you have now access to sacred rebellion, to a way of expressing yourself wildly, right? Like wild is of nature. And when you consume alcohol, you're actually, this is why I always say alcohol is a distortion. It's it's a complete inversion of the truth because when we consume alcohol, we are actually um, downgrading and impeding our wildness. We are we are thwarting and invalidating our natural emotions, our natural desire that is coming up inside of us that wants to be expressed. Now, the chemical of alcohol amplifies that feeling, and that's why this piece is so important. It amplifies that feeling it can when you're drinking, but the desire for the chemical c- creates this kind of anticipatory, excited anxiousness, right? And so it is kind it's when you're not in the practice of 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 letting your emotions and the sensations in your body kind of be a roadmap to and a compass to like what what's going on here, you can easily mistake that that excited anticipation of just the the chemical, the drug of alcohol as adding more to your desire. So in my own personal experience and what I see with my clients is that that 
there's a different quality to the energy of the innate wild woman wanting to be expressed versus the just desire to drink because there's this yearning that comes up inside of you this of your own erotic nature sometimes it feels like being turned on sometimes it's like i just i want to let loose i need to be out i need to be free i need to release the shackles right um and a lot of that is the thoughts of your own mind and this is why we have to go deeper right because you've created a lot of these shackles that are oppressing your own oppression in your own mind of what's available to you. But then you add the chemical of alcohol and it it really amplifies um, th- that like excited energy, but in a way that's not natural, that wouldn't be there. So the way that you experience that now is that the your innate desire, and a lot of times this will happen for women during their time of ovulation, um, where there's an, 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 an arousal, right. Even just like a sense, like the wind on your skin, right. And this is the wild woman, but because those sensations, and this is very important, those sensations of that arousal have been associated with alcohol and with you wiling out, raging out, right. Partying, then now every time you feel that you associate it with alcohol. And so then your brain thinks that's the only option also, right? So you have all of these boxes of um, kind of rules that you've given yourself of why the wild woman can't be expressed all day, every day. Um, but you didn't, you didn't have these words for it probably. And it's your escape, right? Alcohol has been your escape away from the day to day, from the mundane, from the, from the, the addition of of the cultural implications and the boxes that we put ourselves in. And these boxes are are great. I mean, I love like I love my box <laughs> of my home, you know, and there's like it meets so many of our needs, but the lack and the yearning and that void that you feel is because you don't know how to access the wild woman through this sacred rebellion, through what you innately want. And this is the exploration. Like I will cry thinking about it because I see it time and time again for so many women and for men. I see Matthew go through it all the time and he doesn't give himself permission. This is like me putting in my two cents. Doesn't give himself permission to go. Like he is like, I want to go camping by myself in the woods and he doesn't do it. And I'm like, well, I can't do it for you. You know, like... I just went on a trip to Sedona, Arizona by myself. It was over, I was working, but there was no need, like it was a pleasure trip. I went and experienced and like people, like I've, my entire life I've been act, I've been in the business of sacred rebellion because I've had so many people tell me it must be nice. And what I tell them is it's a choice and it's a decision. And so when I went on this trip, I put all the pieces together. I had someone come and care for Emmett in the time after school, right? Everyone knew how to get a hold of me. I booked the Airbnb and I booked the flight. Like it was, it was, I planned it. I saved my money and I planned it, right? Like, and I made the choice and all of the thoughts that come up about why I can't leave because I'm a mom aren't true, right? What it shows Emmett actually is how to live a life on your own terms, that I can be a mom and an independent woman. And I come back to him with all of this 
amazing new information about what I experienced and the energy. Now I'm renewed. Now I'm fresh. So putting my, giving myself permission to do those things is actually impacting my relationships in a positive way. And then those two get to have their time together, right? The reason that drinking feels rebellious is like I said, because it's been independent. It's the way that you have given yourself an opportunity to be independent, leave your responsibilities to your mind, turn off the mind of the to-do list. And the other thing that we go in when we work from the outside in and coaching is we really look at that to-do list also. So like there's, it doesn't become this um, tipping point for you, right? Where it's like, if I don't get out of here, like it's not so urgent you start to weave it into your life. You give yourself permission for there to be the both and to be the mother and the lover and the wild woman. Like this is what you get to do through this work, right? That you just, we just haven't seen. So it's an exploration of blowing open your perception on everything because you think you can't you can't have all of these things. You can't do all of these things without alcohol. You haven't learned how to give yourself permission. You have too many objections for why you can't. And I see this so much in our society with men and with women. And the other reason that you is like you just might not know what to do or what else to do. It's like you haven't you haven't seen it mirrored to you by your mother or other women in society and or you maybe see it on an Instagram women pole dancing and you're like I could never do that. That's your thought. I could never do that. Right? The wild woman is curious. It's like what if I tried? What would happen? Right? Maybe I get a friend and I go. So it looks like the other that it's available to the other. And fortunately, like we're seeing like that this is like becoming so mainstream for the the example of like pole dancing, right? And that brings more in sexuality and sensuality, which is part of, of, of um, and I feel like I've just scratched the surface on it. This is actually my intention for my, I don't know if I have a word for the year, but is to really explore what it means to be a sexual and sensual being unto myself, right? Like even the idea of pleasure has to come from the other and that, you know, like self-pleasure is embarrassing. Um, but then, then self-pleasure also looks like one thing where like, I've experienced such deep pleasure before in a sound bath where my entire body was tingling or sometimes just being out in nature and like laying on the earth. Um, and there's a woman I had on the show before where we talked about Yoni steaming. And I don't know what the episode is called, Sabrina Vedette. But I remember her talking. Um, if you're into this con- the conversation, go listen to that. This, I remember her talking about, you know, why are we embarrassed to explore our own bodies by ourselves? with ourself. Like no one's even watching, right? So it's kind of breaking the ice of that. And I really think that exploring your sensuality, your sexuality, your wildness, like the innateness of who you are, your, your rageful emotions, your, your deep, uh, emotions of grief and sad, like all of these things are part of your wild woman expression. And there, you know, there hasn't been, um, the opportunity to do it. 
right until now. So you have to be the one to figure out how to make it happen. And that is why I say your participation in transformation is actively is 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 required, right? Because then you'll end up just not drinking and that's why you will feel deprivation if you don't explore these other facets of what's possible for you. And these boxes that are just concepts, they're just thoughts that you feel like you're in and like you don't have an option, right? Like you feel like you don't have an option, that there's going to be a big upset if you decide I'm not going to my in-laws for dinner, right? Like you think that, but that's not true, right? Like, and then you get to decide, everyone gets to decide if that's a problem because I know I don't always go to my in-laws because who wants someone someplace if they don't want to be there, right? But I do things that are important for other people when they ask, even if I don't want to, but that has to be clear, right? So it's all, it creates so many things about boundaries, and communication and wants and desires and letting other people feel however they need to feel. Like if Matthew doesn't really care if I go to Sunday, the Sunday gathering that they used to do all the time, then that's fine, right? Then I get some of my own me time. But if he asks and says, this is really important to me, you know, then that's a different conversation. And so I'm just giving you some examples of how I've expressed this in my own life and the conversations that we have where you're opening possibility instead of shutting yourself down by a thought of obligation of what you think, why you think you don't have a choice, why you think your only outlet is through alcohol. And you might have other outlets, right? That, that satisfy the need of these other archetypal energies, but they're not this, they're not this wild woman archetype. They're not the expression of the raw, natural, erotic innocent, right? My teacher, Chintia Devi always says like, your eroticism is innocent. It is the most innocent thing. It is what you were born with skin to earth, right? We weren't born with clothes on experience being pleasure in, in, and sensation for her own benefit right? That's what the wild woman is for her benefit. Drinking has made it acceptable and okay to leave your kids for the night and not need an excuse. But, you know, we need all of these other reasons. Like we can only travel if it's for work and we have an obligation or a duty for it. The path of sacred rebellion is the journey of awakening. At least it's one facet of it. And the reason that this ties in to your desire for alcohol is because when you're infusing that that yearning, that longing with a part of you that you've never even explored, that you didn't even know existed, the need for alcohol goes away. And it's not through substitution. It's through becoming whole. It's through becoming whole and holy unto yourself, for yourself, by yourself. The sacredness of what you deem appropriate, the sacredness for you, by you, of you in a way that creates meaning, right? Yearning for something you have only experienced 
in a way of of what someone else has told you has is appropriate, and that's why this is an exploration of your life, of growth, of possibility. Now, if you just want to get alcohol out of the way and go back to the way things are, that's part of it too, right? Like you can get alcohol out of the way and not change your life. It's the way that you're perceiving it. It's the energy in which you show up. It's the the objections and the rules and the playbook that you've given yourself, right? Now you could say someone else gave it to you, but now you're an adult and you get to decide. So that's fine. And there's, you know, there's like that reparenting and that unboxing that people talk about or like that not unboxing, <laughs> like that sifting. I don't know what the term is. It term is unpacking. That's what it is. Unpacking, unboxing, unpacking. So you're unpacking, right? These, all these ideas, and this becomes thrilling and this becomes exciting. And this becomes part of your, your ritual, right? Not alcohol because there, it anchors you into a deeper meaning. And then you don't feel like shit the next day. You feel amazing. You feel free. You feel alive. You're enlivening energy inside of you that you didn't even know was there. You know, I've talked a lot about on the show about my experience hula hooping, that spiraling up. If you know about Kundalini, the dormant energy that lays in the, the, the base of the spine, in mean, our spinal column, when the energy rises from the root, right? Because right now it's like we live in the root chakra. It's like we're in survival mode. We're in scarcity. And when that energy rises and lifts up into the other centers and the other places that we actually have hormones and um, other other types of chemicals are secreted in the body and glands, and the lymph, and then all the way up into the pineal gland, like now you're activating the energy of the body. Like Joe Dispenza talks about this, like these energy centers of the body, there's actual biological things happening at where the chakras are, right? But if you're just in survival mode and in go mode, like, and, and, and then it takes away from all of the satisfaction and the magic of those other archetypes that you love so much because one of them is being so neglected, like you love being a mother, you love being a businesswoman, you love being a lover and caring for others and, and, and volunteering and being out in the world and like the maiden energy of, you know, gardening and, and, um, sometimes just being, you know, even playful, right. <clears throat> With your kids or however that shows up for you, or, or you're like trying something new, but when you are in deprivation in these other areas, it takes away from that. And you've put yourself in a box with all of your thinking. And that's what we get to sift through because it's like, really your thoughts are, are the only box that you've created, right? And you might see it like you, you've seen it portrayed, th- reinforced. You've seen your own beliefs reinforced. And this isn't like an accident, right? Like, the people like the people that make advertisements and that make entertainment they know and they have the same beliefs too but it's like it's reinforced on purpose because it it anchors you into that belief and it creates fear and it creates scarcity and it creates lack so just like pay attention to that so it's reinforced by entertainment religion and other institutions this invisible box but it's not a problem if you know you just get to decide right and then you're going to have all of these thoughts about being, you know, 
going the other way on the path, like taking your own path. But that's none of that's true either because there's plenty of people innovating out there, right? I mean, even the people that are making the marketing and making the entertainment, they had to take, they had to go outside of the box, but they've seen how to do it. So now they're just like selling it back to you, right? Like any person that's innovative has had to claim like part of their wildness. They've had to become like, um, unreasonable. And we think it's unreasonable to be, to not walk the path that's influenced by society, but maybe it's the most reasonable thing there is. So you have to claim your wild woman. And the wild woman is that innate blueprint of a woman before she was influenced by society, before she was under the influence. Holy shit. Who is that woman? right? Like this is what we get to explore. It's so fun. It's amazing. And we're worried about alcohol. Who cares about the alcohol? Like that's when the alcohol becomes such a moot point. Who is the woman before she was influenced by society? That is the question for the rest of your life. That is the journey. That is the exploration. Society, culture, entertainment, parents, like all of the things. Who am I before I was influenced by society? What? And alcohol keeps just telling you it's okay. You're fine. (laughs) No, 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 no. Absolutely not. She's curious. She's in, right? Curiosity is our main, is our main like thing. She's, she's in tune with like nature. Like there's a compassion in nature. It's like she's trusting. She's curious. She's exploring. She's inquisitive. She decides for herself. She lives in life with alignment with her values, her desires, and her truth. She decides for herself. That's the most important piece not what someone else has deemed appropriate for her. That's the rebellion. She knows who she is. She finds satisfaction in the unending opportunities of change and growth. Like there's satisfaction when it's when they're when it's not about an achievement, right? Rather than getting to some end result to the happy place because you have that. You've checked the things off the boxes, right? There might be some other things that you want to achieve. But like you have that and you're still not happy and you're still not satisfied. There's still this gap. There's still this longing. There's still this yearning. So you know, that's not it, right? Because you have to be in the intention with the purpose of growth forever, (laughs) right? Or like the satisfaction, like the growth could be in the stillness also, right? So it's not just like action, right? It's like, I want to get so good at Shavasana. And I was telling Matthew last night, I'm like, there are times when when I feel so good, like listening to just like meditations all the time and doing yoga nidra and like body scans and body relaxation. And then there's times where like, I don't want to process my emotions or like my feelings or my life in that way at all. I, I got to get out. I got to get out. But that's all of it. This is like this multi-dimensional woman, a human experience, right? Like that's why we have all of these things that, that, um, you know, that fulfill those, but the fucking brilliance of the alcohol industry is they have sold you on every single archetype that you can find it through alcohol, right? You can be sexy, young, innocent, right? It keeps you young forever, right? How to take a break as a mom, right? Or even like moms, the mommy's wine club, like how the moms can act, 
right? The sacred rebellion of the wild woman, the lover, like that it's sensual and romantic and the sunset on the beach. It has sold us on every archetype and we're drinking it. We are drinking it and getting addicted to it because alcohol is such a highly addictive chemical that like, give yourself a break, right? Like, like it, that's why it's not worth it. Like there, and like, it just, I mean, it makes you sick, right? They have sold you on every archetype of desire that is like, you'll never find in there. It only keeps you wanting more. It's like the drug dealer on the other side of the playground. But there's so much more on the other side of it. And this is the journey of awakening. This is what I'm selling you. But I don't have to sell you on it because it's your life. <laughs> like, I'm just wanting to show you the way I'm opening the door for you, right? I'm like, because I've done it. I've, I'm on it. I'm doing it. So the wild woman also processes and transforms the past. She transmutes that. She moves in spirals, not just wanting to repeat and recreate the past, but she takes the past and she grows, right? She evolves. She levels up. She can see where she came from and learns from her failure. She is a free spirit and she's a wild child. She dresses for her own pleasure, right? And you might think like, oh, this isn't me. No, it is you. Girl, trust me. It is you. That's why you're drinking. Part of it. She dresses for her own pleasure. She doesn't use her sexuality as a tool for manipulation to get what she wants, right? Because they've sold us this wildness and independence in through a masculine lens, right? And it's like the wounded masculine. It's not even the way that the masculine wants to express itself wildly and innately. Um, I found this quote from someone named Hannah Kent, whose novel Brutal Rights was made into a screen, um, a a screen, a film, which I have to go see now. She says, wildness is not a lack of civilization or law. It's an access, an excess, excuse me, of spirit that cannot be contained. Wildness is not a lack of civilization or law. It's an excess of spirit that cannot be contained, right? And that's like the sacredness part of it. So you're, the way to get here and to tie it into your life this coming new year, especially, is to throw out the goddamn box of all of the things that you thought you it needed to look like, right? But you have to sift through that. You have to know what the walls of the boxes are. And you have to be able to define, and this is the shift number one, you have to normalize what you've been internalizing. You have to confront the story. You have to define what the box is for you. You have to be able to articulate and see the box and put it out on the table without judgment so that you know what you're wanting to redefine. Because if you don't know the thoughts, then they're just going to keep coming up Like if you don't expose them. What are the things that alcohol allows you to do in the act of rebellion that you don't know how to do on your own, right? And you get curious and you get compassionate about yourself that it feels a little strange and awkward to to put on a new outfit, to maybe like just dress up while you're at home, right? Like sometimes I just dress up when we're having dinner at home and play music for everyone. Like, and this is my ability to act in my wild woman nature or go out for a hike by myself or take a pole dancing class, right? So 
these are all actions that we can take, but we can also change our thoughts about what's possible, about the way we're even showing up when we're at home, right? Like on Christmas Eve, I, like Matthew was off and we, our Christmas plans got shot because we had this huge ice storm out here. We were supposed to have everyone over for a big family gathering, which we were really excited about. And we ended up having our own celebration, but like I spent the majority of the morning kind of like doing some ritual stuff by myself. And, you know, the wild woman in me also um, creates the sacred ritual for and offers it to the family to participate in, in a new way. Right. So I spent the morning in ritual by myself and that was the, my wild woman. So it's like your thoughts about how you think you need to show up when you're in certain places and how you need to behave. And, you know, it's like all you're doing, like when you're at home drinking is it's creating that party of one in your head right? Where all you need to really do is change your thoughts about the way you're showing up that you've defined. Because you're like, I got to cook. I got to do this. I got to do that. That unsolicited to-do list. It's like, you don't have to do any of that. None of it. It's all a choice. And it actually will not be a disservice to anyone if you choose to say no. In fact, it's a benefit. It was like such a bet. Like I had such a great evening and then Christmas day, like I was so much more present and felt Christmas really isn't my thing. I celebrate the solstice. Um, so like, but I was there engaging and it was an opportunity, you know, to be in celebration and ceremony with my family and like everyone's off. Um, but I was so much more willing and available and just like enlivened because I had taken that that time, that sacred rebellion time, right? What's important to me in a way that I deem appropriate, right? And like, I saw Matthew kind of pouting around a little bit because I don't think he knew what to do with himself, but he never asked me like, hey, let's find something, like I'd love to do something with you right now. And so like, if he wants to like have a different, you know, a different outcome than he needs to ask for that. And we played a bunch of games. We got a couple new games for Christmas, um, which is so fun. Um, so you have to follow your desire through your body. You have to let your body lead instead of the alcohol is shutting it down. So the sacred regarded with great respect, you have to see that this desire in you is you, as your temple body, as the way you experience your life. And you have to look at that and regard it with great respect. And alcohol is actually doing the opposite. It's disregarding it with disrespect, right? Now, I don't say that. We don't want to add more negative, like, feeling <laughs> connotations to the already, you know, the judgment around it. But when you shift that and we look at, I want, I'm, this is an act of respect, right? Not I'm just, we don't say I'm disrespecting my body with alcohol. It's like, I'm respecting my body by allowing, by finding an outlet for my desires in a new way, by re, by redefining the story, by throwing the box away, by not, you know, by breaking free of the box, your emotions are your internal compass, right? Like 
You don't want to just follow them blindly and not question them, which is kind of what we do from the day we're born. And then we just see like, oh, someone's like, oh, you can do this to have fun or you can do this to relieve stress or whatever. But when you when you learn the sacred act of rebellion through the journey of awakening, your emotions are your internal compass that that you learn to trust, you learn to be in relationship with, and it is a practice, right? And right now you're not in practice of that. You're not in practice of being in relationship with yourself. You are, but in in a way that's like, hasn't been serving you. And it's been based on what lots of other people have deemed appropriate for you, right? And we're not we're not wasting our time shaming or blaming them, but that's just the reality, right? The influences and the conditioning that you've been under until now. So how do you want to express yourself? This is freedom. This is exploration. This is the end to boredom, right? Alcohol is like perpetuating boredom. This is the end to boredom. What does sacred rebellion look like for you this New Year's Eve, right? Like, what does that look like, right? Maybe that's you doing a ritual with yourself, right? Maybe that's self-pleasure. Maybe that's you buying a yoni egg and working with that, a yoni crystal. I'll put Sabrina's info in this uh these show notes because she has a whole program about teaching women how to dive deeper into that part of of uh, connecting with the sacredness of the womb, um, which there's this like, oh, we could go on. Like that's the wild woman, right? And so the next time you want to rage it and you think your only choice is happy hour with your colleagues, I want you to follow that desire and really say like, what is this yearning for alcohol? What is the desire that I really want, right? I want to check out from these responsibilities, but what's another way to do that? So you get to be creative and that's the exploration that we also do together. I've talked about this on the show before and I'm going to give you this and I don't talk about substitute. I don't like my, I don't like fake alcohol, um, but I do like elixirs and I do, you know, as an el- as like an alchemical process and I like tasty beverages and I've talked about pomegranate juice before. So the pomegranate is a representation of life and death and fertility and marriage. And if you can get a pomegranate, they're usually um, fresh this time of year, this, the winter time in the, in the North, um, the Northern hemisphere having a ritual with a pomegranate of, you know, and it's kind of this, also this representation of the the fertile womb, right? You open it and it's this juicy blood red that has been demonized as impure, gross, a problem. And you open it to these like lush seeds. Um, make sure you like cut it open in a bowl. I like to roll my pomegranate out first, like roll it out because it gets the seeds loose, put it in the bowl and then take a knife and cut it and then just squeeze it and you'll get the juice out and just drink that fresh juice. And this is the sacred act of rebellion. Like the, it is earthy and it's like dirt, like ah, there's just like this dirt feeling. I know that doesn't sound appetizing, but it is, it's like so... It's so earthy and juicy and sweet and bitter. And that's how you can please your senses, right? That's how you can find pleasure. 
And you can decide right now how you want. And then maybe you make a playlist and you get your family to have a party with you. So I also like to use the pomegranate juice and I would just buy a thing of 100% pomegranate juice and put mulling spices in it. And you can do it in two ways. You can have it hot. Um, so heat it up. You can have it hot and maybe add a little water to it or a, a tea bag. I like it with black tea. Like, so half and half, like you put half pomegranate juice, half water, the mold and with a tea bag. And um, also you can make it into a spritzer where you can have, you know, a quarter pomegranate juice and then soda water, sparkling water. Um, you can put rosemary, you can put orange in it. And it's this gorgeous drink. It's beautiful. The color it has so much aromatic and it's really a deep connection to the earth and think about it. Like this is a ritual to remember. Like this is the ritual you will actually literally remember tomorrow, the next day that will carry you in. And like you could eat the pomegranate seeds and what Like when you eat each seed, what do you want that to represent for you? What do you want to plant inside of you as a sacred act of rebellion for the new year, for your journey of awakening, for exploring what is really available to the wild woman? One last thing. I DJed and facilitated my first ecstatic dance on the solstice. So I want you to know that there is going to be more of this in an offering for you to come and sit in circle and in ritual with me and then explore the body. I thought of you the entire time because it was so surreal. It is something I've only ever dreamed of. I've facilitated many women's circles and it was in conjunction with a co-facilitator, Freedom Chivarello, who's been on the show, who's also part of my program. Um, There's an offering from her as a magical mentor in there. She is a cacao ceremonialist and an alchemist, and she's also a coach as well. But so she, we, we, had a cacao ceremony, um, which opens the heart. Um, it oxygenates the blood to like 80% or something. It's crazy. And we had a ritual and a ceremony and it went through this wave of this journey and it really connected us to a lot of the different archetypes in one sitting. And then the expression of the wild woman through just organic movement, right? There's no talking on the dance floor in an ecstatic dance. And these waves of how the music moves with your body, right? Not through like dancing, but through waves of joy, ecstasy, grief, sorrow, like closing your eyes and connecting into how does your body feel like it wants to move. And I've talked about this several times, like if there is a conscious or ecstatic dance near your cacao ceremony, go. But I'm definitely going to have this as an offering in the new year. It'll obviously have to be virtual, but I will I will be doing more of that live as well. Um, but I it was a something that would never have been possible, A, if alcohol was in my way in, without the five shifts. I continue to use the five shifts to literally make my dreams come true. I mean, seriously, girl, ecstatic dance DJ. I mean, I'm not playing a playlist here. I'm like mixing songs. I've got a lot of work to do, but like it was so powerful And so overwhelming to see people moving through these expressions through 
the way that I was, you know, I mean, the whole thing, like the energy of the space that we created, then through these waves of music and knowing the experience I've had on the dance floor. And like, I did it. I showed up, I did the train. I was actively participating in my transformation and in my growth without objections of the box that someone else deemed appropriate for me, right? I could have an objection that I'm too old, that I don't have time, that all these things, I have other responsibilities. And I didn't because I used the five shifts and now I'm a DJ. (laughs) Um, And I'm still playing with my DJ name. If you have any suggestions for me, you can let me know. But I think because, you know, in, in, like a circle that I, you know, it's like a sacred sisterhood and just to play as like a little bit of sense of humor, but also in reverence of, I've been thinking about sister Mary as my DJ name, just sister Mary. Um, and I'll, you know, with the robes and the hood and everything. And I have a little, um, I'm a devotee of mother Mary and her energy and her guidance. And I have this like disco mother Mary that lights up, um, that I had on my DJ booth. It was awesome or my DJ table. So this is what's possible for you through the act of sacred rebellion, through the archetype of the wild woman. And you're going to hear more about this. And like, this is kind of, um, you know, really my thesis about alcohol here and now. (laughs) So you're hearing it. And I would love to take you and help and support you through this awakening because it's priceless. It's your life. Like there's no achievements that you could have out there rather than the, the achievement of permission to grow, to explore, to see what is available to you in this life, right? And like alcohol becomes such, it's like so little part of the journey. Like you see that right now, it's like the biggest part of the journey, right? It's in your face. It's a boulder. It's completely overwhelming you, but it really is such a small part of it when you work through this lens, through the lens of coaching, through the lens of exploration, because we're not trying to figure out how to fit alcohol into your amazing life, right? It's not like, oh, if I can just do it here or there, right? Like the moderation myth is just like limiting. It's so limiting. Even that's limiting because it's like, we just want to see what happens when alcohol is not important to you. And then you can decide, like, do I want to drink? Like you can totally decide. I mean, then you're still, you're playing with fire because the the pathways in your brain have already been worn, the association. And like alcohol is a drug. It's an addictive drug. That Those are the facts. So like, that's why it's like playing with fire. It's not like, oh, I fall off the wagon and I go right back. Like that's not how it works here either because you grow your awareness and you have the practice of embodiment. But like it's playing with fire because alcohol is a drug and drugs we get addicted to, the human gets addicted to. So just like, so you have that. Tell me what your ritual was. I would love to know. I would love to give you a shout out on the podcast and make sure you go check out the link in the show notes or just go to my website to sign up for that special offer for the month of January. We can meet, we can coach, you can blow your own mind. It's going to be amazing. Have a wonderful, wonderful, happy new year. Hi, it's Mary Wagstaff. I want to personally invite you to spend one hour with me one-on-one because you deserve to know what's holding you back. It is your time. Alcohol has had its fair share. We're going to talk about possibilities, about how to align your thoughts and actions with your dreams and what matters most to you, about why alcohol is no longer suited for the life you want to live how you can get on the fast track to freedom from alcohol and stay there without deprivation. 
Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule your complimentary call and get a new perspective on an old habit. Habit.